Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of Life with Catherine. Today, I'm going to talk about why I chose to do this podcast and how I made it happen. I'm not a lawyer. These are simply my own personal opinions. I thought it would be interesting to also give you an update. I started in January 2016 with... um, just a general plan, and four listeners, one including me, one including my husband. So I started really small and have grown it. Uh, right now, uh, in January or in July, I had uh, 521 visits to my site for the podcast. And uh, this month, it's August 21st, and I've had 476. So some uh, months I put out five episodes based on what I'm doing and thinking. And uh, this month, I've only put out two. So this will be the third. So I thought it would be interesting to tell you that, uh, give you a picture of how it's growing and and uh, taking off in just the right way, organically and with kindness and people who are being really supportive. So that's great. Chapter one, why me? I was restless. Continually building towards a goal I hadn't yet formulated in my mind. You see, I love to sing, but I'm not great at performing. I enjoy public speaking and writing stories, but still want time flexibility. Um, I love people and their unique experiences. I talk to everybody, as my sister comments. (laughs) I have a large family and friend circle and was also looking for a platform to share their stories, um, share the stories across the families, uh, between the generations, like the aunts and uncles and great aunts and grandpas and younger generation, and the friends. I realized that I had to create this opportunity for myself. And thankfully, we live in a generation where the technology is available to do that. My childhood was amazing. It was filled with so many experiences and positive people and love. Uh, Some of these people are solidified in my life, and some just pop up occasionally. It's interesting because our friend and family circles intersected quite often, just as my life still does. So, uh, it's quite interesting that way. It lends to this type of podcast that can bring all those people together that are already a little bit in touch. In my own life, when I relax, I turn on a podcast. I close my eyes and listen to stories from comedians, authors, and more. So I decided to create a podcast for myself and very quickly settled on the name Life with Catherine. My theme... If I had to pick one, I would say is different parts of my life intersecting with positivity and inspiration. The first podcast I listened to a few years ago was the Joe Rogan Experience. Um, 
which seems a bit of an odd fit if you know me. <laughs> you may remember Joe from Fear Factor and tons of other TV and movies. I now also regularly listen to people like Aisha Tyler, Greg Proops, Duncan Trussell, who's one of my favorites, uh, Tim Ferriss, super, super good at um, sharply figuring out your goals and uh, tools for your life to sharpen yourself and better yourself. Daniele Bellelli, who's just always entertaining, uh, and Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. That just names a few that I'm into. Especially since I commute, I'm always on the SkyTrain. It's something to listen to on the way. My niece got me a book for Christmas called Creative Boot Camp, an interactive journal of eclectic exercises to jumpstart your creativity. I'll, re I'll reference it again later in the bibliography section, but it really helped me put together what was going on in my mind and what are my interests, what I could do creatively to work all those together into my world. So really the idea only started formulating in my mind around January 2016, and this is what I've grown into since then. It's now August. Chapter 2. How I created this podcast. I have included a ton of information here, so you don't have to write it all down. If you want a hard copy of this script, just pop me an email and I'll send it to you. I'll put my email address at the end of the show, but I'll pop it in here just in case. 5, F-I-V-E, by 5girl at hotmail.com. So F-I-V-E-B-Y, F-I-V-E, girl at hotmail.com. Just in case I forget. <laughs> I started by creating a document called Catherine's Music Career Plan. The first draft was in January, but now I've condensed it down to 10 specific topics, and here they are. Number one, mission statement. Number two, general outline and ideas. Number three, online media and web design. Number four, photos. Number five, recording, sounds, and theme song. Number six, copyrights. Number seven, financial plan. Number eight, interviews and general questions. Number nine, lessons learned. And ten, bibliography and resources. This helped me get all the ideas I had floating around inside my head and put them in some semblance of order to easily see what pieces needed attention and create mini plans for each topic. So basically, if I had half an hour, I could pick up a section and I had a bullet points of what I could work on. It sounds like a lot, but these are things I've been researching and thinking about just in general as a performer and music lover. Pretty much all my life. <laughs> I really didn't have a complete picture of when I would launch the podcast or what it would look like when I started, I really just kind of, it kind of just happened. <laughs> this was just a general plan of when, um, where to start for information, but now I've added in a bunch of answers to, to make it more fluid for you when you're listening. It doesn't really help you if I make 
10 points of questions if I don't have some of the answers when I already have them. Number one, mission statement. To showcase my music, personality, and diverse interests to my family and friends, and share the stories of positive people in my life. Create a legacy. Number two, general outline and ideas. Create lifewithcatherine.com website. Interview inspiring people about their life experiences, starting with close family and friends, then branching out. Record conversations with friends and family. Decide what are my strengths, non-strengths, growth areas, just things like what are the top five books I'm reading, quotes I'm pondering, personal action of the week, fun stories, things like that. And um, I, I made a note to include Brian, that's my husband, as a guest. Um, put him as a guest sometimes, co-interviewer, which actually ended up happening recently. Um, I also made notes about talking to my dad about his life and things that I wanted to know about. I know he used to listen to radio shows, so I made a note about that. I want to ask him about different things like that. Um, here's a point I put. Consider using first names only for those I want. It hasn't actually come up as an issue with guests so far, but for stories about the older generations, it may be appropriate. For example, in one article I read, um, it had the old address of my grandparents, well, it's not really integral to the point of the story, so I took it out for privacy. And I just want to be honest about any editing I do. Um, three, online media and web design. This is a larger section. General ideas. Um, choose website name, find technology, and platform to host it. I had no idea at the time. Consider things like social media links, Facebook fan page, like button, Twitter. Do I really need a Catherine Booth Twitter and a Life with Catherine Twitter? YouTube, how is that all going to fit together and not be a gigantic waste, uh, like use of my time? How can I make that really streamlined and tight and really efficient? I started with a blog on Tumblr as a way to dip my toe in for free. I found it very limited. Um, I thought about what I wanted to put on my site, music, videos, photos, news. I think I only launched three episodes that way and now I'm up to 13. <coughs> I found it very cluttered. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, also considering using Dropbox so people can easily upload and send me audio when it's pre-recorded. I had questions like, does it do both audio and photos? I haven't actually needed to use it yet, so we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I initially um, launched the site using the Tumblr blog, then shared it, but I found that quite tedious and it didn't have enough features for what I was looking for. So I actually put the word out on Facebook saying, hey, anyone know where I should start? And uh, one of my friends recommended GoDaddy, which I ended up using. I did some research, looked into it, and chose a minimal account with GoDaddy, so their lowest one. But after a few months, I upgraded for two reasons. Firstly, it had an audio playlist feature, so it's like a chart. 
I could drop in the audio right there into the chart. I chose to put the audio in reverse order so it starts with the most recent episode. Excuse me. <coughs> so I put it in reverse order. So I, I like that idea. Not everyone does. Um, also, it added a mobile feature. So when people look up, up on the cell phone, the format of the website converts to mobile automatically and easily. It's huge for me based on my audience. Because we only have the streaming option, we can't download. At the time right now, I'm going to talk about that later too. But it's huge for me based on what I have available. Automatically converting it to the format is huge. Someone can look it up, it's right there. Next, I thought about adding a PayPal donate button. How do I want to um, create an opportunity for people to financially support the show? Um, PayPal has an option for personal use and they take a very minor fee for using it. The different podcasts I listen to, some of them offer a donate button as well as sponsors for their shows. Uh, some charge only for archived episodes, some charge only for new, some offer extra special ones just for a fee. I decided not to get into the financial side of charging for episodes, mostly because it's a creative opportunity for me just to try it out because I was brand new. So I chose to run my show strictly through donations. I haven't put the uh, donations button in the last, or uh, talked about it in the audio of the beginning of the last few episodes, but I will start doing that again. So. I decided that at the start of each podcast, I would encourage listeners to donate a couple bucks if they enjoy my show and they want to see it keep going, rather than charging per episode. I haven't actually gotten any donations yet, but that wasn't really the point. It was an opportunity to have a little bit of funds to cover some of the overhead costs. That'll be in the financial section. You can um, you can also add advertising to your page to keep it free. I thought about that, but I felt like it would be annoying for people and I was just starting out. I decided to keep it simple for now to keep that in mind as a growth opportunity. I haven't stepped into any of those things yet. And then I had to decide which features to include and not include in the site. I thought about doing one site specifically for music, one for performing, one for news, one for interviews, and it became way too much and kind of pricey. So I decided to just do one website to showcase life with Catherine, all under one banner. So now I have on my website, I have music. That's really a growth area. I haven't really grown that. I put some of my roller derby anthem videos on there. Just a taste of some of the things I've done. As you can tell, I love to sing. I started um, initially by creating a live blog on Tumblr, but I really didn't like how cluttered it made things, having news, podcasts, and photos all in the same feed. It was really confusing. So once I changed to GoDaddy, I instead decided to include audio at the beginning of the podcast that would say, welcome to the show, here's some news, here's some thank yous, then leading into the theme music, then put the episode audio. I know there's a couple podcasters who do it that way. Not everyone does. Also, I had wanted the name Life with Catherine, but on Tumblr, that was already taken. So I ended up using Life with Catherine online. 
but it felt kind of awkward because the podcast wasn't really about my online life. It was about my actual life. So when I converted to GoDaddy, I was very happy. I was able to register the actual website, lifewithcatherine.com. So I was a happy camper. And yes, somebody joked to me that it was about doing time, doing life with Catherine. Smarty pants, there's always a joker in the crowd. I kind of thought it was funny. Excuse me. <coughs> now I use GoDaddy for my GoDaddy for my website. I can go in and track different things. I purchased the lowest package to test the waters. It was easy to use. User-friendly tools, drag and drop features, moving between the pages. They are not a sponsor of this show or anything. I haven't tried 15 other sites or anything. I just found it was a perfect fit for me. And again, I didn't I did end up upgrading my site so that I had to have those extra features. I used their customer service a few times and found them friendly and helpful. It's just an easy way for me to run my website and I found it very user-friendly. Number four, photos. I decided to have one photo for each podcast attached to the episode. I really only wanted one photo per, per episode, mostly because I don't have the software and the, the platform to do it a different way. Sometimes a few are needed, and in that case right now, I just use a link. <clears throat> for example, for Safa's, there's a video to, on YouTube. There's uh, photos, so it's, I need to work on that a little. It's a growth area. Um, I haven't figured out how to make it work better. Um, I decided the photo can be in person, via Skype, or sent by guest. I initially wanted it to be me with the person, but sometimes they're not even in the room, and I decided to open up the interviews to sometimes over the phone and things like that, so I had to kind of edit that plan a little, so I just had to um, really decide what I wanted. Photo ideas. Um, I kind of put some ideas out of my head. Roller derby photos um, taken by me. Roller derby photos taken by the professional photographers. Photos from my life interviews, like during the actual interviews, I just zone in on what I wanted to capture by using the photos. What is the point of the photos? Is it just random, my family photo album? No, not really. It's more to do with who's participating and things like that. Permissions, very important. Ensure copyright approval to the posts, the ones that people send. Um, I also contacted the professional roller derby photographer to use one of his copyrighted photos. Sometimes there's a trade-off. Um, a photographer will allow you to use it for free if you aren't collecting income from it. Then once it changes to collecting a fee per episode, it'll be they will charge you. Sometimes there's a straight fee per use, and sometimes it based on it's based on volumes of listens. That's completely up to the photographer. Number five, recording, sound, and theme song. I had this in three separate categories, but merged them since I pared it down to only ten categories now. So this section is anything to do with sound. Record interviews using sound recorder. Check volumes. What is the max length that can be loaded? Answer, 30 megabytes. This can be increased later if I use another platform. More details on that later. 
Um, if it's too big, you can use iTunes to create another copy of it as a lower quality to make it a little smaller. There's a little sound difference, but if you need it, it doesn't change it integrally. And that's in iTunes under Preferences, and you can select an MP3 version, and you can make it smaller and bigger. Um, I try to use backup audio when I'm recording, so I'll usually turn on my cell phone as well to record the audio. You never know when one side of the room has more background noise, or if it's too close, or one person is louder than the other, so it's nice to have options. I've discovered there's a feature on my Zoom recorder called Mic Gain Feature. So if there's people in the room with you, it'll record um, everything outwards in a sphere rather than one-dimensional. But if you were recording like a cell phone interview, you'd really want it one-dimensional. Um, it records, my recorder records with a warm, rich sound, but it also incre increases the megabytes versus a cell phone. So it's a trade-off. The recorder I use is the H2 Next Zoom Field Recorder, Zoom number 156231 with 2GB memory car card. I bought it from Tomley Music. I already had it for my singing so I could record myself and play it back to hear any room for growth and improvement. <laughs> they are not a sponsor of this show, I'm just very happy with them. I've also bought my live performing sound equipment from them when I started out. Um, they really listened when I was talking and gave me choices to get the best possible sound for a good price. It's a great recorder. I'm very happy with it. I find it really captures the warmth and tone of the voices. Here's another note. Do I need a larger memory card in future? I could split the episodes in two if needed, as I did with my first episode. Just kind of make notes about that. To make sure there's enough battery mem or, um, memory card memory and I haven't left old episodes on there. I'm going to need batteries regularly, though I find they last really long in that recorder. Always have extra batteries on hand for interviews and around the house. The instructions on the recorder say to always turn off the recorder before removing the batteries or the memory card, or you could corrupt the audio. I did it once by accident and nothing happened, but let's just be better safe than sorry. All these things were floating around as ideas, so it was really good to have a place for all these ideas in chapters, in segments, so when I sat down I could maximize the time to figure out what needed attention. Check speaker volume. I record interviews at a volume of 80 on my Zoom recorder, but for singing I'll choose a lower level because I have a projective voice. <laughs> Always test the audio before recording an interview even 10 words just to make sure everything is on track. For my audio editing, I use a program called Roxio Sound Editor. Um, I believe it came with my computer. It really allows me to um, insert an, um, an intro segment, add the theme song, move around any audio and any other editing that's required like touch-ups. So I just go I record things separately and I record the intro. So I go add intro, add trumpet opening theme, add interview, add closing trumpet theme, link it all together, away we go. I am not an experienced audio editor, audio editor, so I just tried what was already on my computer, gave it a shot. 
it works for what I'm doing because I'm basically starting at level one. With this program, once the episode is finalized, I go file, save as, save the file itself. Secondly, you can choose the option to um, file, export the file from software as MP3. So it converts it to MP3 format, which is what you need to upload it to your website. So it's a really good feature. Originally, I didn't realize it had that feature, so I would save it, open it in iTunes, convert it to MP3, and then move it back. But I very quickly found that option in the main software. Once I'm happy with the episode, I save a copy of the final version in both formats, the DMSE, that's my recording software, and the MP3 version, both on my external hard drive. So it saves space on my home computer, and I don't save all the separate sections, I just save the final versions. Because I don't really think I'm going to have to go back and get those pieces, I can always pull them out if I need. Theme. I researched old songs no longer under copyright. This is something I've been searching uh, le learning about for a long time. So I put the select theme and tag other interesting songs and sounds. For my theme, I paid for a royalty-free song off iTunes and chose an interesting, uh, easygoing, jazzy sound, something that would move easily between the introduction of the podcast, that would be an audio trigger to say, hey, the show is starting, and also create a little branding. So if you open iTunes and type in, uh, in your iTunes store, type in royalty-free songs, it'll give you some options. I've also considered creating a theme on the piano, um, so I haven't quite got there. More growth area. I really thought about other sounds I wanted on my podcast. I decided I would randomly burst into song. That won't be on everyone's podcast to-do list, but it's totally me in real life. So I feel it's a good fit for the show, too. Um, I play the piano as well, so that's a growth area I can incorporate the piano in to freshen things up. I know this is a lot of information at once, but I really wanted to keep this topic together. I originally had also included a section about how I write the episodes. What's my process? But I've moved that to a later show. This episode more is more about the logistics of how I make it happen. And that one will be more about writing and the creative side. Copyrights. Do I need a waiver signed by guests to use their voice? input it, uh, load it to my podcast, legally and ethically. I tried it in the beginning using it, but I decided no, because technically they're showing up in person or calling into my own cell phone. And I always start with wording about welcome to life with Catherine, implying welcome to the show. This will be aired. Um, I may end up using the waiver for people who just send an audio but there'll also be a record of sending it to me for use on the show, so I, I'll consider it when needed. Um, I did create a waiver template just in case. Song copyright details. Um, if you're looking for um, information about that, um, I found a good resource of www.cipo.ic.gc.ca. I just wanted the general ideas of it, so I didn't need the most recent version. The one I was looking for, or the one I was looking at, was the 2013 basic fee for registering a song, 
which I found just generally was around $50. I didn't really look into it too closely. I'm not a lawyer. <coughs> so this part is really important. I took this from one of the books. Let me find the name of it. I've included it in my bibliography. Uh, Music Copyright Law by David Moser and Cheryl Elstay. Okay, I'll put that in the bibliography. But um, <coughs> here's what they said. Copyright applies to any material, even if not officially registered, as long as there's proof of creation, inspiration, and initial original ownership. So in my life, I, I also did online research about public domain songs. I'll throw all that in the bibliography section, and you can find all my sources for these information. this information. Um, I also researched audio recording recording, audio recording and editing tools and considered a budget. But I tried the default one, my computer, and it had all the features I needed. It's free. It's already downloaded. So I don't really worry about that. For what I'm doing, it works. Number seven, financial plan. Um, I initially purchased the basic plan with GoDaddy, but then upgraded for the extra features. They kind of put you on the spot offering an extra discount if you um, pay for a longer term in advance. So they put you on the spot. I'm sure it's offered at other points too. Um, this covers the cost to extend your domain name and website for five years. So they'll offer you that discount as kind of a one-time offer. Um, so I extended for five years. So I had initially one year, so now I've extended it for five years. So that's your domain name and your website. I had already been doing this for four months when I was upgrading and I felt confident that I was going to be continuing with it in some form for that period of time. I felt it was well worth the cost for what I was looking for, so I went with it. Income. I chose the donate button instead of charging per episode or adding advertising. I thought hopefully it would draw some money towards the costs, because in reality it costs to do this. <laughs> PayPal takes a minimal fee per transaction, but for the legwork it takes to have people send you money without telling everyone your bank account, it really works well. I don't have my bank account linked with PayPal at all. I just receive an email saying you received a donation, then it goes, the money goes into my PayPal account, and then I use it to buy things off Amazon, and I can use that money and transfer it into my bank account without saving the bank details online. Um, I also looked into the legal rules of income versus donations when you pay per episode, those kinds of things. Some podcasters just have a lot of advertising. Some charge 99 cents, some charge $1.29 for new releases. Um, some have referral codes and links. Um, long term, I need to create a plan or strategy to cover the financial costs, but for right now I'm comfortable with it because I feel like if people like it and they can afford it, they'll throw a couple bucks towards it to keep it going. I want to keep it free for anyone interested, not pressure people for a fee. That's not the intent of what I'm doing. <clears throat> Overhead costs include transportation costs for any interviews that are not in my regular friend and family circle already. I feel like if I'm going to visit them anyways, that doesn't really count. <laughs> I'm not going to use the money for that. 
Um, also, the GoDaddy website has hosting costs. Um, I don't need to put my invoice here. Just go on their website and check out the prices. They have discount codes all the time. They offer discounts for longer-term signups. It's very reasonably priced for what it was, I was looking for. There's other sites, too, you can go look at. Um, you can purchase more than one website if you want to. For me, it just covered everything I needed in one place. I was also looking into sending my podcast to iTunes because right now listeners can only stream it from my site. I'm chatting with GoDaddy about my options, but it looks like it'll increase my costs more to have that hosting platform. From what I understand, it took me a while to compute this, you need a URL for the podcast. So it literally needs to have coding for where it's placed. It, it doesn't actually technically upload to iTunes. iTunes takes it from your site. It'll also allow me to record longer shows, which is a bonus. So basically you need a platform. There's a bunch out there like SoundCloud, Libsyn, WordPress, Podbean. I know that GoDaddy uses WordPress. It's all part of their site. Uh, they have a partnership, I guess. I don't know. Um, but they give you that URL for a fee. Right now, my audio is in more of a chart than a URL format. So that's a place for growth. And it would be really great for listeners to be able to download it too and have it on iTunes. Be great exposure for me too. It's just financially not there yet. Interviews and general questions. Make a list. Oh, that's number eight. Make a list of possible interviews to start, then create a broader list, include separate lists of general podcast topics or ideas that can be formulated into themes. So for example, if I have a funny story in the SkyTrain, I can throw that into a theme chart for later, but it doesn't have a clear place yet. Um, make a customized list for the top five target interviews. So for example, top five topics to ask my dad about, Brian, um, the Doctor Who episode, and whenever an episode is scheduled, I make general notes and keywords. I'll talk about that in the writing one. Plan how guests and topics are chosen. Decide what is off limits and or too personal. I wanted to, the podcast to be as real as possible, so I edit very little. And I ad lib too. <laughs> I want to create a relaxed and realistic image. It's okay and normal to stumble over your words a few times. It just means you're thinking at the same time. Um, I do follow a general script, but I'm also very impulsive. Um, I contacted my work's legal department at my day job to discuss any possible real or perceived ethical conflicts. So they provided me with guidance and tips and I felt really confident after that. I was very thankful. I've now added a feature to my site for listeners so they can sign up to receive an email whenever I add an episode. I'm trying that for the three-month trial, so that may be another cost. We'll see how that works. Number nine, lessons learned. Life is similar to podcasting because there's always something you learn the hard way. Here is my list of lessons learned the hard way. <laughs> my first episode, I didn't know how to shrink an episode's size, so I split it into part one and part two. Now I know the max limits for recording size based on my current platform and how to shrink the file if needed. 
If I know it's going to be long, I'll check out the cell phone audio first to see the quality before I even use the Zoom recorder, and that way it just saves me time. <laughs> One episode I recorded next to a lunchroom, so the background noise was way louder and more distracting <coughs> Excuse me, than it sounded when I was actually recording. It was so funny. Uh, funny, but not funny. Um, I had a mobile format issue. So I upgraded so my site would automatically convert to the mobile format when opening on the cell phone. Because, because I only offer the streaming rather than downloading, I felt this feature was integral for my audience. Um, I had someone open it and go, where's this, where's that? Because it wasn't in the mobile format. It was basically the regular website. So I just was like, no, no, I need this for because the people are streaming it. <clears throat> Another mobile issue is um, the mobile one defaults to only show one episode. And if people aren't regularly used to it, they might think there's only one episode. So I added wording on the page that says to listen to other episodes, click fast forward. The other thing that happened here is there's an issue if your cell phone doesn't allow pop-ups. So some listeners have to go into settings on their cell phone and allow pop-ups for it to work. I also added wording right on the page about that. This may also change when I have an actual, like, for example, SoundCloud or WordPress platform. Another growth area slash lesson learned is um, marketing my podcast relies heavily on posting on Facebook or Twitter, things like that, word of mouth. Now I added the contact, contact list feature to my site for people to sign up automatically, receive an email when the new episode is uploaded, but it's going to increase the cost starting in September. I have to make a decision about this. Um, really, it's me just shouting to the world every time I have a new podcast, so it's not exactly the best way to grow my audience long term. But for now, I'm just trying it out, and we'll see how that goes. Always listen to final audio all the way through before posting it to avoid any glitches. Volume jumps, which happened in one of the episodes, um, it turned out to be too extreme to fix it in my software. I had put my cell phone on my knee and told a story about working with my sister, and it moved a little, and it covered the microphone on the phone. I like the story a lot, so I left it in. But um, with the software, you can also edit out any extra long pauses, which you may not realize are there. Sometimes I leave it in to let people take a breath, because I have a lot of information to share. When I was first signing up, I chose to have the email info at lifewithcatherine.com. Um, I decided it was just another email to check, so I just went in and cancelled that and changed it to my own Hotmail. It also costs more to have it, um, not for like not for initially, but long term. Like, they only give you a certain amount of time for free, so I just put my own Hotmail in there and didn't worry about it. I didn't keep the other piece when I upgraded. Bibliography and resources. I felt like this section was integral to put in because these are not all my original thoughts. I've done research for years and I have 
a collection of information and made notes on different things, and I feel like I should give a nod to the people who have done some of the legwork. Music Copyright Law by David Moser and Cheryl L. Stay, 2012. Breaking into the Music Business, revised for the 90s by Alan H. Siegel, 1990. Canadian Copyright, A Citizen's Guide, 2nd Edition by Laura J. Murray and Samuel E. Trosco, 2013. This is one of my favorites. I pick it up and just read it generally, just in my spare time. The Harvard Brief Dictionary of Music by Willie Apel, Professor of Musicology, and Ralph T. Daniel, Associate Professor Professor of Music History and Literature, Indiana University. A compact illustrated guide to music for students and those who listen to concerts, records, and radio. A Washington Square Press Book, 7th printing, copyright June 1966, and the first printing was September 1961. The book from my niece that she got me was called Creative Boot Camp, an interactive journal of eclectic exercises to jumpstart your creativity. By Nanette Stone, copyright 2015. And the public domain music, I used quite a few websites, but the one I found worked best for me and had the most information for what I was looking for is http colon forward slash forward slash public domain dot x a n g a dot com. So public domain dot zanga dot com. So this concludes um, my podcast about how I created this and why, and why it was a good fit for me. I feel like I'm a positive person who puts good things out into the universe, and I really wanted to uh, continue that journey with my life, but also possibly compile um, some... information for the future generations that they can research and kind of like a little um, history about me and my family and just like a legacy I suppose um, just kind of create something over time and I meet so many wonderful interesting people all the time and I want to uh, respectfully uh, show give them a platform to show who they are and uh, interact with people and I really enjoy what I'm doing and I really love being a podcaster and I feel like I'll be doing it for quite a lot longer. Um, I've kind of put my performing side to the to the side and I hopefully will put some more music in and some singing. I've written some songs so maybe I'll include something like that. Um, if you have a story idea, why don't you pop me an email? Five by five girl at hotmail.com f-i-v-e-b-y-f-i-v-e girl at hotmail.com uh, if you want to throw a couple ideas together or if you want to discuss sending me some audio those kinds of things I could perhaps do a larger one or include it in a smaller theme uh, if you want to donate go to my website lifewithcatherine.com click on the donate button which is green maybe I changed the color um, also just 
thank you to everyone for uh, your encouragement, your constructive criticism, all those kinds of things. Um, if there is something, uh, a topic that I've covered on this specific podcast that you want me to go more in depth on, uh, for example, the actual uh, website creation or anything, just go to my website and then uh, go uh, Click on the Facebook or Twitter button, redirect to there and drop me a note there and uh, click like, support, share, all those things. And I hope you tell at least one person, tell one person about my podcast and uh, something that you like about it. Tell them something you don't like about it. That's fine. I can take some constructive criticism. That's how we grow. But um, just an opportunity to grow and share what I have to say with the world, and um, I really hope to do some more music uh, type related things like my top 10 lists, but more some more singing and an opportunity to show that side of me too. So hopefully there's lots of room to grow, lots of stories and topics. Um, feature topic is how I physically write the episode, from the theme ones to uh, how I prepare for an interview how I target different people, how I approach people about being a guest, um, how that can be awkward sometimes, but it can also be beautiful, how to politely be rejected, all those kinds of things, and how to handle it and how to turn that into something positive. I mean, you can always say, hey, if you don't want to, do you have an idea from someone else? Now, I have a large family, so I have plenty on my plate, but also I'm interested in other things that I haven't even thought of yet coming up I still have my running buddy I still have my best friend Kathleen who is um, part of the roller derby I gotta get her in here she is known as major assets I've got Brian who wants to do another uh, podcast um, uh, I have a friend um, named Chaffin that's hoping uh, he's going to put together a um, some about Star Trek all those kinds of things so there's so many opportunities and stories to be told and uh I'm working on them and I'm excited to, and I always, Brian always laughs at me because uh, I always have like at least 10 things on the go in different sections. Sometimes it's one idea, sometimes it's 10 and uh, it's really exciting. So thank you for all your support and it's, I'm really happy and finding a lot of fulfillment in this and that's all I could ask for from a creative outlet. So hopefully we can turn it into um, even more for the future. Thank you for your part in it.